I'm your host, Sania. And I'm Demetrius. And welcome to Let's Talk About It. Today I want to jump into the Starbucks incident in Philadelphia with the two gentlemen that uh, were there waiting on another friend to discuss business when they asked the manager to use the bathroom um, or asked for the keys to use the restroom. And um, they, the police was called on them. The police were called on them. They were arrested um, for trespassing. Um, as a male, a minority male in, you know, the United States, how do you feel about that? Just going into Starbucks and doing the normal things that everyone does on a, um, everyday basis and be arrested because someone subconsciously thought that you were up to no good, either based on the color of your skin or based on the way you look or whatever, what prompted that manager. Mm, that's an everyday situation for me, so... Everywhere I go, I look like a suspect, no matter what I do or how I speak. Um, people always put their guard up on large, big black men. Not saying that I'm really black, but hell, the blacker you are, the more dangerous you are in but, their eyes. But these men weren't even big. They were like, you know, they weren't big guys. Well, they was black guys, so they suspects, no matter what. I just think, you know, we need to be more... Um, educated on how we subconsciously view things you know society even with uh, media portrays even if you think about movies or you know film usually the suspect are always minorities you know the criminals are always minorities and they have a certain look to them and I believe subconsciously it makes us believe that this is what a criminal looks like you know, a person can come in, you know, dress suit and tie and not be a minority and rob Starbucks. So I, I just want to jump into that topic. Like, how does that make you feel being a man, raising a son, you know, and being profiled based on simply just being a minority? Because I don't want to say black because you are both black and Hispanic, African-American and Ch Chicano. So what do you feel about that? Um, it's something you learn to live with and try to avoid, avoid situations. That's pretty much it, simple. But, live with it. But is it fair, though, to, to just learn how to live with I mean, something life that... Ain't fair. I mean, it's, it's life. But what do you tell your son? You know, son, you could just go into a Starbucks and because the person doesn't like the way you look or just assume you're a criminal based on your race and your gender, how do you teach your son or what conversation do you have with your son to deal with these type of issues? Because one thing I respected about the two gentlemen is they were very calm. You know, um, they didn't act outrageous. Well, that's that's the, the right way to act, to be calm and uh, listen to the instructions and just don't get shot. Shit. Yeah, because usually when they are combative and resistant, even though they would have been had every right to do so because they weren't doing anything yeah. wrong. But I feel like even when people speak up and say, hey, why am I being arrested? Then it's like, OK, well, it's justified. They were shot because they were resistant. And that's what I respected about these men in this case, that they weren't belligerent. They didn't yell. They just went with the flow and followed instructions. And I'm glad the Starbucks came forth and gave an apology because, you know, this is happening too much. But, you know, you already said your piece on that. So, um, well, I've been harassed a lot by the police, um, even with my daughter with me, um, slammed to the floor, cut off in cars, pursued. And it's just something as a black male you, you get used to. 
And it's not fair because you'll be walking down the street and not doing nothing and get harassed by the police and end up getting beat or shot and you didn't do nothing. Yeah, that's why we have to be advocates and, you know, address change, you know, even for the people that it doesn't directly affect. Because I think sometimes when it doesn't re directly affect the person, they they don't believe it exists or they kind of turn a blind eye because it's not knocking on their front door. And when I was younger, I always had a clean record. So it seemed like the cleaner my record was, the more the police kept trying to find something on me to tag me in the system. It's like their goal was to put a black male in the system. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I've been a witness to that with you, other family members. So, you know, I know when we lived in Lancaster, the police will pull me over and I would be driving and not even ask me for my identification. Go to the passenger, which was you, and ask for identification, which was always weird to me. and was definitely racial profiling and, and harassment. But, you know, I think, you know, as we learn, each one teach one. When we know better, we have to do better. So when we get in these type of positions that um, law enforcement or, you know, the the um, justice system that we have to be ones that advocate and address change. I said we need stronger black male to get in the system because we want to say we want to get in the system, but it's a lot of black cops profile us still black. So Well, let's talk about let's... that, you know, because there is sometimes where your own kind I want to say your own kind because God's kind is my kind, but your own race sometimes are harder on you than other um, races. Like they automatically assume too subconsciously that you are up to no good. I agree. And I don't know why they think that, but you know, it's, it's just part of life. So I think it goes all the way back to being slaves and people say well, that was years ago, but what, I don't think what people understand is Cycles go from generation to generation to generation. And even though I wasn't directly enslaved, that my ancestors that came before me were. And so those things were taught and it was passed down from generation to generation. And on that, I want to jump into Lachelle Sales from Highland, California. Her question was, one of the things she wanted us to talk about was um, family mental health. And even going back to slavery, when you talk about cycles, you know, a lot of people in, in society, they say, well, you know, black people or African-Americans, they whoop their kids. But if you even think of back to slavery, that's how the slave masters discipline the slaves to get them to comply. And so that was a learned behavior within the African-American culture. So when they had kids, they disciplined them by hitting them with the belt or beatings because it's a cycle. You know, the same thing with um, stereotype and it goes back to slavery. You know, I don't think we've ever broken away from looking at, you know, African Americans in a certain light because it was conditioned to look that way. And even though we're years from slavery, you could be out of chains, but if your mind is still enslaved, it's still a problem. And that's why I'm big on breaking cycles of cultural and societal norms. What is your take on that? I think some kids need to ask whooping. I ain't gonna lie. But, um, but do some, all? Not all kids. Some you could talk to and they could get it correct, but some need that belt on that ass. Because I'm a firm believer you can have three kids and deal with them in three different ways. I mean, our 11-year-old, we've never whooped her before. We've never used the belt on her, and that's because I became educated, you know, in grad school, becoming a therapist, realizing that there's different tools. You, you have different tools in your tool belt. 
and each kid is different so each consequence should be different i've never whooped her never raised the hand on her even though sometimes i want to because her mouth as she gets older but I see the difference in how she's being raised versus our older two children, which is a great thing. Yeah, I used to get my ass up all the time, and it wasn't nothing to me. I kind of enjoyed it because I go right back outside. So yes. I did not like being on punishment. Now, that is used to fuck my program up, being on punishment for a week. I would rather take that ass up and be right back outside. Yeah, because back when we were growing up, that's a whole different story. Being Not being able to go outside you were being cut off from the world but now you could be in the house and still be in the loop of what's going on True. so i want to jump into uh, another question we're going to transition it's a question from Mel melanie jenkins from um san Bernardino, california and uh one of her questions were do your kids come before your spouse my oh, of course my kids come first i feel like no matter what relationship you're in, your kids should always come first. I think it's depending on the situation. I don't think it's a matter of come first or come second. Um, it depends on the need. I believe that my husband and I are one um, in terms of we have the united front, you know, and if we don't agree with something that the other one is doing with the kids, we definitely have the, that conversation behind closed doors. Well, that's also, let's say we, we both got the same, we both the same parent of the child. That makes a difference. So, like, if it's the last piece of chicken, we will both agree that the child should get the last piece of chicken, not my spouse, you know? But if you, that was your stepchild, somebody might feel a different way. Yeah, because that's completely different with it being both parents, being biological parents within the household, and then having step parents. Because like I was saying before, we are united front. And in terms of, for me, it's a priority. So neither comes before or after in terms of it's what is that particular need in that moment. Yeah, like, because it, I always said I would be a bad step parent because oh, wow. my kids coming first. I don't care. Thank God I don't have no outside kids, huh? Yeah, because <laughs> that little motherfucker would be treated bad. That is so sad. Why would you say that? Because as we were both step kids and had step parents, knowing how it felt to be because I know mistreated. Being a, a stepkid and having a step parent, I feel like that step person could always turn their back on you at any given time, and it's it's a loss. So why invest time in that person that really could turn their back on you? Well, I, yeah, I think that just comes from a place of experience and a place of not healing yet. Because my thing is. I thank God, you know, I don't condemn anybody that's a step parent or have outside ch children, but I'm glad that I never had to go through that route because I understand what it is to be um, a step kid. And it was one of the things that I never wanted my kids to experience based on my own experiences. Um, so putting your spouse before your kids or however, what was the question? Do you, do your kids come before your spouse? Neither come before. I mean, because my spouse, my spouse and I are one. So if we're one, we're one of the same, right? But my kids don't come before me in all situations. You know, I will drop everything that I'm doing to meet my kids' needs. Because as a parent, you know, it's not about you. It's about your kids. It, and it doesn't turn off. That's why I trip off of people or parents that say, I need a break. When you have kids, it, you're a parent. There's no such thing as a break. You're a parent every day of the year. It doesn't matter if your kid is 18 because people think parenting stops at the age of 18. 
every year or every experience with your child is a new life experience that they may need to consult you with. Your kids will be 50 years old and you're still parenting because each transition of their life is a new stage that they need guidance on. Um, so no, I don't believe your spouse comes before your kids or your kids comes before your spouse. I think it's based on that priority. And for step parents, um, in situations, I feel like you need to know your spouse first of all, before ever getting married, because you want to know that that spouse has the best interest for your kids because a spouse should never make you choose between them and their kids. I hope that answered the question. Well, let's talk about money in the um, marriage. I, I hear a lot of people saying they got separate bank accounts, his and her money. Um, that's crazy. I, I believe that's an issue. That's, this is definitely an issue because if you're on the same team, why is it separate? You know, my money is your money. Your money is mine. Like it's our money. So it doesn't matter what account it goes into because both of our names are on account. So how could you say you a team, but if you separate, if you have his and her money, that doesn't make sense. Just like we have multiple cars. Yeah. We have a particular car that we drive every day, but if you grab the, the keys to the car I drive every day, I'm not going to say get out my car because at the end of the day, we're a team. And I feel like when you're a team, you work together. And if you have separate bank accounts, you're working against each other because shouldn't your money be both of you guys' money? Um, I believe it should. I had a uh, couple saying they're going on vacation and he's just waiting for his wife to come up with her in the um, fee. <laughs> that was that's, that's crazy. To see stuff like that on the understand because if we going on a trip, we're going on a trip, then it doesn't matter who used the, the, the debit card number because it's coming from the same account. And, and in my personal opinion, in my expert opinion, if you are married as a, I'm going to say this as a therapist, not even personal, in my expert opinion, if you have a mate and you guys have separate bank accounts, that's already a problem within this uh, relationship. It's already a problem because if you're one, you guys should share. It's a team because like I said, if you're not on the same team, what team are you on? What team are you playing for yourself? Right. You so, said it best. So, um, a lot of men feel uncomfortable and intimidated when that woman makes more than them. Why do you think that's an issue? I don't think it should be an issue. Again, the money is all going into the same account. So what difference does it make? Who makes more? So if you, that's still playing on opposite teams. Because if I make more than you, what difference do it make? It's going into the same pot. Now, the problem would come in is if I was making money and you wasn't doing anything to try to make any money, then it's like, okay, you're playing for yourself, being lazy and selfish and not contributing to the team. But if I make more than you as my husband, I mean, as your wife, so you say I don't see anything wrong so with that. So you're saying it'd be a problem if the man was a house husband that stayed at home and then contribute to the bank account. Completely different situation. If you had an agreement where your husband stayed at home because there's wives that stay at home every day, I don't have a problem with that. And they're doing their due diligence at home to run the household. Now I'm talking about the men that their kids is in school should nobody be a housewife, house husband, nothing. You telling me your kids is in school all day unless that's an agreement. But anytime there's a lack, a financial lack within the household, and you telling me you're a stay-at-home 
housewife or husband, that's a problem. But it's not no financial lack in the household. Everything's financial is good. The husband just stay at home and play NBA 2K all day. That'd be an issue? For me? That definitely would be an issue for me. And I'm going to tell you why that would be an issue for me. It just depends on who are you with. I'm very goal-oriented. I'm all about making moves and making things happen. You know what I'm saying? Living my purpose. So if your purpose is 2K all day, you're not the mate for me. You just got to ask that person. Some people would be okay for that. But because I have a, 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 a destiny, a purpose that I'm trying to fulfill, my mate needs to be on that same page. So if you're not goal-driven like me, then you're not the one for me. But again, if someone wants somebody that plays 2K all day, it may be cool for them, but I guarantee you, I guarantee you, after so many years, they'll be ready to leave Man, that I'm person. Glad you opened that door. So if she put up with it at the beginning, she ain't got no right to switch it up five years later. That's kind of messed up. I'm not going to say she doesn't have a right because you have a right to do whatever you want to do. But if you condition a person to think it's okay to sit at home and not contribute anything to the household and then 10 years, 15 years in a relationship, you're ready to leave, you're absolutely wrong. Especially if you never told this person your concerns or your, your, your feelings regarding it because you set them up to make them feel that it was okay to stay at home and not contribute. Now, I feel like that's selfish because as a man or a woman, if you feel like this is your household and you're not contributing to the team, to the household, then you're about you and not the household. Because even if you're saying you finances are good and you plan 2K all day, how are you contributing to your household? How are you contributing to the team? Playing a game all day is not contributing to a team. It's feeding your own selfish needs. Entertainment. I mean, if he's there to be put it on her and get her in a good mood to go to work every day, that's contributing to the team. No, that's just a broken woman that just, I mean, you can get that anywhere. If that's the case, that's a broken woman that's willing to accept the bare minimum in life. And that's just a reality. Okay, we're going to jump to this next question. Um, another question from Melanie Jenkins from Highland, California. And you guys, if you have questions, please write us, send them in because we will address the the, ah, the questions within our podcast. Now, is this the same Melanie Jenkins from San Bernardino? Oh, yeah, she is from San Bernardino. Okay, I got it mixed up with the first question. Get off me, get off me. Let me do my thing, let me do my thing. Okay, um, how long do you think two people should date before getting married? I don't think there's a specific time frame. I just feel like... The older you get, the the, re the ready I think you is. You don't want to play too many games when you're like 40 and shit. I don't think you should play games, but at the same time, I don't think it takes five years or four or three years for a person to know they're ready to marry for a guy, you. For a guy point of view, after like a first year, a guy really wants to, he really knows if he wants to be with you or not, or he going to milk you. And that's my point. And that's if, a guy if, point, point of view. We know what we want. We just, if he going to let us milk you, we milk you for 10 years. If you if you with somebody consistently for years and they haven't made that commitment, you need to get out. Because is are you gonna? But marriage is not not for everybody. I mean, you can't tell them we run from the situation. Everybody don't want to get married. I mean, I think that's okay, a, so a discussion you should talk about be in the beginning of the relationship. If you don't want to get married, then what are you in a monogamous relationship for? Then you might as well just be single. Because what of is the point? Don't don't. 
see marriage as that is. I mean, you gotta see a po- person point of view of marriage. Everybody's point of view of marriage is different. Okay, but why play house if you're not gonna commit? That just doesn't make sense. Well, they it? are in a committed relationship. They just don't want to get married. So what is the difference? Because I really don't understand that. I don't understand it either, but shit, there's a lot of people that feel that way. Why mess up something that's already good at them? I don't think it's messing up. I just think it's official. Okay, consider this. And this is what's crazy to me. Consider this. Because there is no common law marriage law in California. And if I'm wrong, writers, uh, viewers, listeners, write in and tell me if I'm wrong. So you with this person for 20 years. And why why fix something that's not broke, per se? Um, and you're playing house. Now, let's say this person is in a critical accident. He's in the hospital. She's in the hospital. They're going to ask who's the next of kin. You're not married. You legally have no say. Let's say this person passes away and have assets. You're not married. You're entitled to nothing. So isn't that crazy? Because at the end of the day, you got to consider all these different factors when you say, I don't want to get married. Because if something tragic happens, you absolutely have no say so if this person's parent this person's sister whoever that person's next of kin is overrides you and you've been in a 20-year relationship that's just what it is so that's crazy to me so why wouldn't you make it official i think it's an excuse well to answer your question i say if he's over 30 i say two years two years yeah two years two years of dating you should know if you want to marry the woman I definitely agree. Mm-hmm. 10 years, 5 years, 15 years. If somebody hasn't committed to you by that time, they're not ready. And the question is not how long do you think two people should date before getting married? The real question is how long are you willing to wait before someone is making that commitment to you? Another question we'll go to since Mr. Mayo, I don't know what's going on with his questions today. And I just want to say this because I have a huge headache today and commitment is everything. You know, I feel like this, if I used to get up and go to a nine to five, have a headache, be sick. Mr. Mayo never missed the day of his life, of his life from work, except for the other day. And I was like, my husband must really be in pain because he'll go to work sick and everything. And I'm like, okay, I have a headache, but if I can get up and go to somebody else's job, I need to get up and do my podcast, even if I have a headache. And I'm just saying that it's off topic, but you guys need to be committed for your own personal life, just the same as you're committed to somebody's nine to five. I now, agree with that. I mean, you got to put in the work. I hear everybody bitching and crying about how things is hard, but they won't put in the time by trying to make something better with themselves. Now, let let me jump into this real quick, because I'm glad you said that, how people, we've had family members that came and asked us for money to invest in their companies. And my question is always, well, how much money of your own have you already invested? Nothing. And usually it's always nothing. And my thing is, how could you come and ask me for some money? And I worked hard for this, investing, going without clothes, new clothes for years, going without, you know, nice heels, all type of stuff to invest in my goal. So you telling me you haven't invested anything in your business. How do you have the audacity to go ask for somebody for some money for your dream? Yeah, that's crazy. 
I, I don't understand that myself. And I don't understand people always try to size up my pocket. Yeah, that, that, that makes me mad. Y'all taking trips. I see y'all. No, nah, you need to go take trips and go in your own bank account and worry about what you can invest. It's money management. I tell people all the time, you one paycheck short from being homeless, you should have a savings account. Um, every check, you should throw a good 20% of the savings account because shit happens. Hey, your car breaks down. I tell people all of this. Your car breaks down. Cost you two fifteen hundred to get it repair your car. You don't have the money, so you're missing days at work. Now you're missing days at work. Now you get fired from your job. Now you can't pay rent. Now you're homeless. All because you didn't save no money from your paycheck for that rainy day. So you gotta learn how to save money for that rainy day. A lot of people don't understand that concept. They want to spend their whole paycheck. Not only just save money, but invest in money. Um, you know because. Sitting money is not always good because it's not turning a profit. So even investing in your goals, you know, say like how much this stuff costs for this podcast that you just purchased? Five hundred dollars. Five hundred dollars. We went out of our own pocket. You know, every business that we built, we built from the ground up with our own funds. No loans, asking no one. And I feel like if you have a dream or a goal. You need to invest your money in what you believe in because please don't come and ask me for an investment because if you believe in your dream that much, you would have already invested thousands of dollars over the years in your own dream. And also, you can't take your household money and invest in your dreams. You got to balance things out. Like, um, this is what I do. Um, I work the nine to five. That whole check goes towards the house. I hustle on the side, so it's things I make on the side. Hold on, hold on. Clarify hustle because people going to think hustle means something illegal. A hustle is mean get money however I get money on the side, and I invest in my hobbies, side jobs, and other stuff, so I won't take away from my kids and my wife playing with the household money. No, I know so a lot of people that, that they rappers, they artists, they would take their whole check and spend it at the studio, and, they, and that was their rent money. And... It doesn't ever make sense to me. Like, why are you, you playing with your rent money for this for your hobby? You know what I'm saying? You're not making no money in the music game. So why are you spending your rent money? Now you're homeless. You got you to gotta balance out things. Okay, let me specify hustle since he won't. So he makes money off of his... You don't got to describe what my hustle is. Shit, bottom line, my hustle. Shit, they got a problem with it over there. No, because I want to jump no, into this with consumers shit. with social media. Because he makes money off of social media. And a lot of times people are, they say they have dreams and they say they have goals, but they're consumers. All they do is watch social media all day instead of using social media as a platform to get ahead. What are your thoughts about that? Hmm. I mean, we, we need consumers. I mean, at the end of the day, I wouldn't be making no money if it wasn't. We definitely need consumers, but I'm not talking about the people that just are consumers. I'm talking about the people that are saying they have goals and dreams, but watch social media all day instead of basically building themselves they, they up. They're not serious about their goals and dreams. I mean, bottom line, you, if you're spending time scrolling on Facebook and watching everybody else shit and getting jealous and envy because what they post and you're not pursuing your dreams, I mean, that's your problem. Some people may think I'm selfish, but to be honest, I don't even watch people on social media. If yo, yo, Posts hit like the first five of my Instagram. I'm gonna look, 
Because some people could be like, oh, do you follow such and such? Yeah, that's the funny no? thing, because I've been on social media all day, but I can't tell you nothing that anybody posts. Because that's not my 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 journey. That's not what my what I'm planning on doing. I'm just looking for content to build my pages. So if me strolling down and commenting on your posts and all that, I'm not looking for that. So it's I use social media a whole different way, which I'm making good money off social media because that's the way I look at it. I look at the first five, maybe ten, just to keep engagement. But I agree. I don't. When people ask me, like, "Oh, do you follow such and such?" Uh, no, and I don't know if I do because I have a team that sometimes runs my social media and follow different people. So I, at times, I'm like, somebody come across my timeline, like, "Oh, I didn't know I was following this person," because even that, I don't watch people. And the reason why I don't watch people and I don't watch celebrities because I feel like a lot of people watch celebrities trying to mimic what they do. And if you have a blueprint, you don't have to watch anybody. You just go based on your blueprint. The greatest thing that Oprah ever said was, you know, when she came out with her talk show, it was a lot of different people outside. Sally, Jesse, Raphael, um, Geraldo, all these different people. And she said she didn't watch what they did. She did what she was, you know, destined to do. And she outlasted all of them. So I don't even believe in watching people trying to see what they do, they're doing because my blueprint is my blueprint. I just need to keep my eyes on my own blueprint and that's what will make me excel. And if you want to follow me on social media, I am Grindface on Instagram and Grindface on everything else. I'm Sania Mayo on all social media platforms and let me spell that for you s-a-n-i-y-y-a-h-m-a-y-o are right, you got any other questions going on over there uh i think i'm good i think i'm good i think i'm good so if you guys have any questions please let us know what you want to hear the topics that you want to hear about um and we'll try to fulfill that for you until next time as i always say Oh, you ain't gonna finish it? No, I ain't gonna finish that shit. <laughs> As I always say, continue to break. Ooh. Continue to break cycles. And make sure you guys tune in to Let's Talk About It.